Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. How's everyone doing today? Man, you look fantastic. Amazing to be here together. Just got back from New Westminster. We had a great morning there this morning. Excited to be here with you. I have no real reason to keep you standing except for I'm standing, so you might as well join me. But uh, hey, why don't you, you maybe like give someone a high 10 and then grab your seat and we'll dive in today. Amazing. It's, uh, guys, it's the Christmas season. It's, uh, how many people, this is your favorite time of year? Anybody? Okay. How many people, if you're being honest, you say it's your favorite time of year, but if you were asked to like answer why, you wouldn't exactly know why. You're just like, it's just because. It's just like Christmas. Anybody? Anybody that's you, you're like, every year I say this is my favorite time of year, and then I complain about like the busyness of the shopping mall. I complain about my calendar getting full. Like, is it really my favorite time of year? Why don't we make it our favorite time of year this year? Because it's the time we're in right now. It's good to be here and uh, good to, to spend this time together. Today is a special Sunday. Now, I could say that every Sunday because Sunday is my favorite day of the week. It's the first day of the week. It's the best day of the week. And so I, I think it's the greatest way to start our, uh, our week together. But this Sunday is something special and unique in that uh, it's what we call uh, our Heart for the House Sunday. Once a year, we have a Sunday we call Heart for the House. Now, many of you, this would be your first Christmas season as part of Vivid Church. How many people that would be you? Like you've never been around during a Christmas season, just wave at me. Maybe you're visiting today or you're new to church. Okay, so a bunch of people, this is your first Christmas season as part of Vivid Church. Let me get, tell you a little backstory. Four Christmases ago, uh, my, my wife and I and our kids were packing boxes on Christmas Day, and we were getting ready to move to the city of Vancouver, and uh, we were living in Los Angeles at the time. We were getting ready to move back to Vancouver and pioneer a church. Uh, at that point, the church was only us, and uh, we, we had like a name in mind, but it was kind of like when you're expecting a baby. We hadn't announced the name yet. Like nobody knew it was coming. No one knew we were expectant except for, the, oh, you're moving. Great. Have fun. And, uh, and so we, we started this journey to pioneer a church called Vivid Church. A year later, we had just started. So we were a couple months in, and, uh, and we were in a, 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 a building on Commercial Drive called Britannia Secondary. Now, I know you're going to find out more about Britannia because in a couple weeks, we're going to do Christmas together there. It's going to be great. And uh, we were in Britannia Secondary, and there was like a handful of us, like not many. We just started the church. And I remember exactly where we were. I was walking on Commercial Drive with Sam here. Sam happened to be wearing a morph suit Santa. At, at the time, we were filming funny videos of like Santa in a spandex suit running around the city because, <laughs> and, uh, and, and right then and there, we had just had our Heart for the House offering. Now, at that point in time, it was a small group of people with a small capacity to give but with generous open hearts to be a part of what God was doing in this city. And, uh, and so we had just had a Heart for the House offering. It was, it was small in size. And uh, as we were walking down Commercial Drive, I felt like the Lord spoke to me to, to call this, this pastor I knew in Ontario. And so I, like, I remember it clearly. Sam's walking with me in, in a spandex suit. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. We're going to film in a minute. I just need to make this phone call. And I phoned this friend I have in Brampton, Ontario. And uh, he's the pastor of a small church in Brampton. They were four years in as a church. And God prompted on my heart like to give away 
what had come in our small little heart for the house offering, a couple hundred dollars. It wasn't a significant amount of, of money. In the grand scheme of how much it costs to do church, I'm telling you, just bumping in and out of a venue every week is expensive. And, uh, and I called and I said, hey, God just put this on my heart. Uh, we want to we send you something. Like, what's the best way to send a gift to your church? And it got real quiet on the other side. And then I kind of heard the, like the sounds of, of crying. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and he's like, we've been doing this for four years and nobody's ever asked that question. We've never had anybody ask that question about how they could give. Like you guys are three months old and you're thinking of us and God put you on, on our heart. Like this has never happened in the history of our little congregation. He and his wife were both working full-time jobs and they had this small church that's still going well today, healthy church. And so from the very beginning, Vivid has been a recipient of generosity, and it's been on the, the cutting edge of generosity. We want to keep on giving. So once a year, we have a, a Sunday we call Heart for the House, where like without any hesitation, without any sense of like, oh, this could get awkward, I'm just asking people to recklessly, crazily, radically be generous and, uh, and to, to do something significant together in faith that would allow us to accelerate the vision that God has for us in this city and uh, around the world. You know, every single week I would have people, uh, like, like a number of different pastors or leaders from other places in our country or even around the world who are calling and saying like, hey, I need help with this. I need thoughts around that. Like, how do you, how do, you do team? And you guys are in a few locations. We're trying to figure this out. And I would just love that those conversations would sound something like this. Like, here's a few thoughts for you. Can I pray with you? And then, hey, can we, can we send you something? Because we actually want to want to show you that we're with you and believe in you. Wouldn't that be amazing if Vivid could be that type of type of church that's doing that? You know, right now, uh, my kids, I got a couple of high school kids, and so I feel like I am literally a full-time high school cheerleader. I don't know if I have the body for it, but I, I like, I'm getting down all the pom-pom action. You know, I'm, I'm in it. I'm cheering. And, uh, and so I find myself like every week in multiple different high schools around our, our city. And I walk through the, the, the halls of those high schools trying to prep myself not to get mad at referees, you know. And, and I just see, you know, the rows and rows and rows of lockers representing the thousands of, of young people in this city who have never heard about Jesus, who have never been invited to a life-giving church, who have never had the opportunity to put their faith in, in, in hope and to put their faith in a love that's bigger than them. And my heart is, my, like my, it's, it's stirred and it's burdened. Like 2020, we'd love for that to be a year that we really begin to do youth ministry in a significant way in our city. There's a lot of things we'd love to do and uh, that we have a heart to do. And, and this Sunday is the Sunday where we're asking people to ask God, how would you have me give? Like, I want to be a part of that. You know, God answers prayers. Do you believe that? This week, just, uh, just on Friday, uh, we went to a ceremony where one of the guys in our church, his name's Kunal. Kunal has been in Canada for 12 years. The last three of those years, he's been stateless. There was a, a paperwork issue uh, in the country he was born in Tanzania, so he is without citizenship of any country in the world. It has been his prayer for years to be a Canadian citizen. He's been permanent resident. He's been working, paying taxes, going to school, doing everything, but has has not had a passport, a place to truly call home. And uh, this Friday, he became Canadian. It was awesome. It was great. And we were there. A couple of us went to cheer him on, and there was 66 people becoming Canadian. And then there was about maybe about the same number of people watching, watching this ceremony happen. And it was like really quiet and really reserved and really respectful. And then Kunal came up, and we're like, yeah, we're cheering. And then all of a sudden, 
everyone started to get excited. And, and then we went to sing the anthem, and people sang along. And then this lady came to us after with tears in her eyes. She's like, thank you so much for cheering. Like, I wanted to cheer. I just didn't think I could. And I, Isn't that something like if someone would just make the move? If someone would just make the move to be the leader? Like, people want to be part of a celebration. People want to be part of something that is, is significant, and they're waiting for, for someone to lead the way. And so we're saying, hey, Kunal's going to be our next prime minister. He's now, he's now allowed. Like, <laughs> I, I had him up in, in New West today. I'm like, 2025, you know. It's not political. It's just humorous. Okay. <laughs> that pastor got real political. No, no, no. But, but like, like, the city is waiting. I believe this generation of people is waiting for someone to, to lead the way. Someone to say, like, I, I'm going to do what is countercultural. In a quiet ceremony, the judge actually stood up at the end and said, wow, this is, this is a really great crowd today. Thank you guys for being so excited. This is a big day. And, like, I, I think this city is looking for some people who would be countercultural. And I don't think there's anything as countercultural in an expensive city as being generous. Like, you just don't see it. And it's excusable, right? In an expensive city where, like, I get it. It's just crazy living here. Like, why are you standing up on stage asking people to be generous? We're already generous. You are. Totally. It's not about that. But I remember sitting in packing boxes four years ago and, and like praying a prayer like, okay, God, it's all yours. Like you can take all the stuff is yours. We're moving to a city where we have no job. They say it's expensive, but, but it's all yours. I never realized how frequently I'd have to keep praying that prayer, like all the time. And then this yearly moment, like I got no problem that we're taking this much real estate in the service talking about this because this is one time a year where we're asking everyone, like, let's just ask God what he'd have us give. So here's what, what I'm going to ask you to do. Okay, we're going to take a minute on this. I'm going to share a couple thoughts from scripture, and then we're going to receive like a crazy, miraculous offering that we can give away and do stuff with. It's going to be awesome. But I'm going to ask you to do two things, okay? On your seat, there's a couple of cards. One card, it's, uh, it's this one right here. It says, it says uh, connect on one side. If you're here for the first time, by the way, we got a gift for you. So take this card to the back after and trade it in. We got, we got gifts for you. Because it's Christmas and you're awesome. But on the back it says praise, uh, prayer and praise. Want you hold that card for a minute? And then in this other, in the envelope, there's a, uh, another card that says generosity. If you could pull that out of the envelope, if you would. Pull that out right there. And uh, we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to ask God to do two things, okay? One, to speak to us about how he'd have us give. And, uh, and I, I've, I've just committed as a church, like we're not going to pitch finances to people like like honestly we need a truck really bad right now all of our stuff for this location and Kitsilano location live in a 10-foot trailer and there are two of us in the church who have a trailer hitch on our vehicle and like, one's my dad and he drives from Maple Ridge every Sunday morning before anyone else is awake to pick up the trailer to drive it here to then load it up to like he, he's a champ we need a truck like we, we there's lots of things we'd like to do different production wise there is no more room in the inn slash trailer. We can't do it. And, and so, but I'm not going to stand up here and be like, we, we priced out this truck. If someone could give generously, I really, really want us to always give not towards a need, but out of a, out of a moment with God where he spoke into our hearts. Like we're not going to say here, here's a number that we're pitching. We're saying God speak to our hearts. There's lots of, we, I mean, we want to start a youth ministry. We want to do more things around the world. We want to be more significant here in the city, but we want that all to come just because like God moments where we've heard from him. So we're going to pray a prayer and ask God to speak to us about how he'd have us give. I just want to challenge you. Like if God speaks to you, answer. And if he says, no, no, you're good. You can sit this one out. Then sit this one out. 
That's okay. This is not, the Bible says, like, don't give because you're compelled to do so or feel like you're forced to. Give out of, out of joy. And so if God doesn't speak to you about this today, then he, he's going to speak to you about the second part, okay? I promise you he'll speak to you about the second part. Second thing we're going to pray is this. Like, God, would you give me some expectation for this coming year? Like, like what God would, would do in your family, what he'd do in your life, in your business, your career, what he'd do in your relationships, maybe in your ministry, in this church. But just ask God to, to put something on your heart, some expectation. And the, the Bible promises this, that God does exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask for or imagine. And I think so often we just never imagine. We're like, life will probably just keep being hard, but we'll get through. Why not stretch our imagination a little bit and then put our trust in God that he would exceed that? Is that cool? Can we pray that prayer? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And then as God speaks to you, take some time to fill this out. If there's a number he says for you to give, do it. You say, well, hold on. I give online. Cool. Give online. You can open up our app and, or our website and give anytime. We're, this is not about a, a, uh, a ritualistic moment. This is a spiritual thing that we're doing together. This is the prayer Jennifer and I have prayed. Our leaders have been praying. Our location pastors, our team leads, everyone's praying this type of prayer. And then at the, I'm going to share a message. And when we're done, we're going to do something, okay? We're going to have a couple buckets up here. We're going to have a prayer team up here. And before you leave, we're going to invite everyone to come. And if there's something on this card that you want to give, just come give it. And we're going to pray with you a prayer of faith. And if there's nothing on that card and there's just expectation, bring that. We're going to pray that prayer of faith. Wouldn't it be crazy if we only prayed with you because you gave? That'd be crazy, right? We're like, givers over here, they're going to get an A-plus prayer. Everyone else over there, you know, the common people. No, 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 no. No, like, because that's not biblical, right? God doesn't bless us because we're good people. He doesn't bless us because we do things that impress him. He's like, wow, now I got to bless you. He just blesses us because of who he is. But we want to pray a prayer of faith with you. Now, here's what that prayer won't feel like, okay? Just so you know, when you bring a card forward, someone's not going to grab it and read it and be like, okay, yeah, I could agree with that. Second point, oof, that's going to be tough. That's gonna, it, it's, it's just a prayer of faith meeting you and your expectations. Is that cool? Can we pray that prayer and then dive into the word? Would you hold those cards with you? Maybe some of you are already giving online. That's great as well. But let's pray. Jesus, I ask you right now, boldly, it's almost frightening to ask sometimes for you to really speak to us in, in areas like this in our life. But I pray that you speak to every person under the sound of my voice in two areas. That you'd speak to us about how you'd have us give for those in the room who feel like they don't have anything, uh, like we still would love you to speak to us. For those in the room who have capacity to give in a significant way, would you speak to them? For those in the room who, have, uh, who are entrepreneurs, have businesses, are thinking about year-end taxes, all those things, we include you in all of that, Lord. Speak to our hearts. And then, Lord, speak to everyone about expectation. What's this 2020 going to be, this year going to be? I pray that you'd stretch our expectation around our family, around our businesses, around our relationships, our ministry, our mental health, our, our, our freedom, our breakthrough, all those things. We ask you to speak expectation to our life, and then together as a family, we're going to believe that you would do something incredible. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Speak to our hearts. We will listen. Amen. Amen. No, it's kind of cool. This last week we had... I was thinking about just some of the things that God does. This last week, we had like 107 people in India listen to the sermon this week on our podcast, like from a town I had to look up on a map. I don't know, someone heard a message and shared it with their friends. It's kind of cool what what God does and, and how he's using like a simple message. Okay, let me share three thoughts with you, okay? Everyone ready? Yeah. Christmas season's great, right? 
Three thoughts with you. And uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I am going to be quick today. So don't, don't wait for me to warm you up because it's just going to be over. You're going to be done. This is like when you go to Christmas dinner and they're like, whoever wants to go first, like, go first. Don't, don't be patient because all the good stuff's going to get gone, okay? This is going to be quick. I'm sharing a message with you today, a really simple message called Supporting Cast. Supporting Cast. Anyone ever been in a Christmas play before? Come on, everyone ever been in the Christmas play? And uh, did, did you get the part you wanted? No, you didn't get that. I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, there's only really a couple good parts you want, right? There's the lead roles. This week, my son Titus, he, he, uh, he auditioned for his school Christmas play. And, <coughs> and he prepared, and he learned his lines. And uh, I said, Titus, what, what, what part are you trying out for? He said, I'm trying out for the lead role. Oh, man. As a parent, here's the thing. Like, you, you got this balance. You really want to believe with your kids, but then you're already thinking about this contingency plan. Maybe I'm a bad dad, but I'm already thinking contingency. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, there's no small role, son, only small actors. Like, it's okay. You, if, you're, if you're asked to be a tree, be the best tree there's ever been. And you bring your, you know, I'm, I'm already prepping. So I'm hoping and prepping. Anyone else do that? Like, 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 you ever do that even in your faith? You're like, I'm hoping, but I'm prepping. I, I think real faith says, I'm just hoping. I'm just, I'm just leaning into God, and whatever happens, I'm just hoping. And, uh, and, and then he got the part, which was awesome. And so I didn't even have to go into that speech. I didn't even have to roll out the speech. Like, okay, Ty, yeah, there's no small parts. You do your thing. And, and, and so he's all excited. Now he's nervous, and he's walking around like an actor in the house learning his lines. It's great. He's got good, you know, line buddies in, in his sisters and brothers to help him with that. And, and it got me thinking around this Christmas story. Like the story of Christmas, the nativity scene that we set up. Last week we talked about the magi, these wise men who came. But this Christmas scene, you know, Mary and Joseph and, and the shepherds and the angel and the wise men and the innkeeper and Simeon and Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist and all the characters that the Bible speaks of are truly the supporting cast of the Christmas story. Like, like isn't the whole Christmas story the story of Jesus? Like, it's the story of the incarnation. It's the greatest story ever told that, that before the foundations of the earth were laid, God had a plan to send his son to redeem mankind and to show once and for all how crazy and extravagant and inclusive his love was. That's a crazy message. But the Christmas story, like, that we get excited about, and then Charlie Brown and Linus get up on stage and talk about, and then we see the nativities for, and we decorate the tree for, like, that Christmas story, all of the characters are really the supporting cast to the baby. Like, what's the story, uh, like, like, what's the part Jesus played in the Christmas story? He got born. Imagine if that was the story, and then Jesus was born. Okay, let's move on. Like, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, I think he sort of just thinks, yeah, it was cool. Okay, it just starts with Jesus as an adult. It's like, I don't know, not much to say. Luke kind of said it. You know, Matthew, he had his take. I'm just going to start when Jesus is an adult. Because I want to get to the, like, the main character of this story. But you think of this whole nativity scene, this Christmas story, it's all about the supporting cast. It's, a, it's about the people, the backstory, the setting, the plot of the greatest story ever told. So let me tell you about three supporting cast members who played a significant role. Like a really significant role in the story of Jesus. If not for them, I don't know how this story rolls out. Number one, let's talk about Mary. Like, let, let's talk about Mary for a moment. I think perhaps in our Christian tradition, we undervalue how significant of a role Mary played. Like, how significant and, and, and heroic. 
the role that Mary played was. Turn with me, if you will, <coughs> to the book of Luke, uh, the book of Luke in your Bible. And I'm asking you today, uh, we didn't put uh, scriptures on screen because I want you to find it in your Bible. If you don't know where the Christmas story is, this is a great time to start learning how to navigate through your Bible. The book of Luke is in the New Testament, and the New Testament uh, starts with Matthew, then there's Mark, then there's Luke. So book of Luke, chapter uh, chapter 1, we're talking here, looking at this incredible story about Jesus' birth. Check this out, verse uh, 26. It says, on the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, uh, Gabriel, to Nazareth, to the town of Galilee, to a virgin who was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. That's a great way to start a conversation. Greetings, you who are highly favored, and God's with you. God's on your side. In other words, you're God's favorite. He loves you. And, you know, I think that would be the same thing God would greet you with you today. No matter where you came from, no matter what your life's been, he's like, hey, you're my favorite. I'm with you. Like you who are highly favored, I love you. And uh, it says this, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, They wondered, and she wondered what kind of a greeting it might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will uh, give him the throne of your father David, and he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and the kingdom will never end. How can this be, she asked. I am a virgin. Okay, simple biology right here. She, it's crazy to me how much faith she shows even here. Like she doesn't say, that's impossible, angel. She doesn't say, you got the wrong Mary. She, she's already at the how stage. She's like, I, I'm in, but how? Like, I, I, I can't have a baby. I'm a virgin. That, like, I, I don't know the logistics and the details of how you're going to pull this off. Believe you're going to do it, but how exactly will you do this? The angel says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the baby to be born will be the Son of the Most High God. Look down to verse 37. It says, no word from God will ever fail. And then Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And then she goes to visit her, her cousin Elizabeth. Okay, Like an angel's come, appeared to her, said, you're going to have a baby. She said, how's that possible? I'm a virgin. And then God says, well, remember your old aunt, like your, your distant relative who's really, really, really old and never had a baby? She's pregnant. And if God can bring something that's like too late for someone else, I guess he can bring something that's too early for you. Are you with me? Like if God can do a miracle way too late for somebody else, maybe he can also do it way too early. I guess our timing is not the same as God's timing. And, and, and it's like, here's the proof you need. A barren old lady's about to have a baby. So if God can do that for them, he can do that for you. Maybe that's for somebody today. You could just simply say, if God's doing miraculous for someone else, maybe he can do it for me too. I got a, a friend down in, in Modesto, California. This last week, his dad had a profound heart attack. He was given a 1% chance to live. All of his organs shut down. And, uh, and yesterday they posted a video together walking through the halls of the hospital. And, and his, his dad, this great pastor, his name's Glenn Berto, he, he said, they were either going to bury me or I was going to get back up and walk. And here I am. He's like, and, and, and I, I look at that, I'm like, if God can do that for them, then maybe he can work for me as well. That's essentially what, what the angel says to Mary. If God can do it for Elizabeth, he can do it for you. So she goes to visit Elizabeth. She's like, you might be the only person on the planet who can understand what's going on in me right now. 
You might be the only person that I know who would get it if I said an angel showed up and told me I'm going to have a baby even though I'm a virgin because you had something crazy miraculous happen to you too. And when she shows up, listen to what, uh, what it says here, verse 45. Elizabeth is responding to Mary and she says this, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. First point I want to make today is that God blessed Mary's believing. God blessed Mary's believing. Like she was already favored by God, but the blessing came when she believed. For some in the room, the, the, the battle you need to fight this Christmas season is don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. God will bless your believing. He promised that all his, his promises come true. Like, like God can bring a baby to a virgin. God can bring a bar- baby to a barren old lady. God has his ways. God has his purposes. Don't stop believing. For some, you've rationalized the way the promise you felt like God had on your life. You're like, well, I'm getting older now and it didn't happen. I guess it's not going to happen. Well, I'm not mature enough and God will probably do it to someone else. I missed my moment and it's probably too late for me. I just want to say, don't stop believing. God, there's blessing that comes in your believing. Imagine how the Christmas story goes down if Mary's like, I don't think so. You got the wrong girl. Can't be done. Like, Like she's a supporting cast member but critical to the story. Could it be possible that you and I as well are supporting cast members to the story of Jesus in the city of Vancouver, and yet we play a critical role? Like, could it be possible that it's not only the lead role that matters, but he has invited us to be a part of this story that he is telling, and that the part we need to play is keep believing? Could it be possible that in your family, you've been praying for a family member who's in a desperate situation, who is far from God, or who has a hard heart, and and God's simply saying to you today, don't stop believing. There's blessing in your believing. This, this, this key critical role, Jesus will always be the main, story, the main character of our story, but the part we play is important. I love what Mary did, simply saying, God, may it be exactly how you said. That's a good prayer to, prayer to start your day with. Hey, God, whatever you have in mind for me today, do it. And then to just keep believing. Hey, God, whatever you have in, in, in mind for my family, Do it. I'm with you, heart and soul, God. Second character I want to look at today is Joseph. Joseph. See, Joseph, if if we forget about Mary, we really forget about Joseph. Joseph, like... Talk about a hard, a hard role. Joseph is planning a wedding, and uh, and then he he finds out that his fiance is pregnant, and she's like, "But don't worry, I'm still a virgin." He's like, "Um." Um, okay, like I believe you. He's like, I just got to know, like, who's the dad? She's like, oh, don't worry, it's God. <laughs> I talk about, sometimes people hide behind God, right? They're like, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd marry you, but I just feel like God said no, right? Like they play the God card. Here Mary plays the ultimate God card. She's like, I'm, hey. <laughs> Like, we just need to get a new fitting for the wedding dress. Why? Well, um, God. It's crazy. <laughs> Joseph's in a hard spot. If you look in the book of Matthew, the Bible says this of Joseph, that, that, that he is noble, but he's also righteous. He's like, whatever happened here, like, I know it's probably not God. I know that's what Mary said, but I also love her, and I don't want to embarrass her. Like, the, the, the rules of the law of the day would have been that he could come forward to the, like the, the, the authorities and say, 
she's a she's supposed to be my wife, but she's pregnant, and she would be killed. Like that was the power that was left in Joseph's hand. Like, what should I do? I want to do the right thing, but I also love her. But she's also like pregnant with someone else's kid, and she says it's God. So now, like, not only is she pregnant, she's lying to me, and, and like he's in a tough a tough position. And the Bible says he had concluded that he would divorce her quietly. He had concluded, like, I I will bring her into my home and I'll treat her as my wife and no one can ever suspect anything about her, but we can't be together because she's broken my trust. He's heartbroken. Like, Like the story of Christmas starts with Mary having to really stretch out of her comfort zone and Joseph being heartbroken. Anyone heartbroken in the room today? Like, could it be possible that somehow God will work through your heartbreak? Could it be possible that God hasn't abandoned you just because things are confusing right now? Could it be possible that, that, that maybe right now, even though things are, are not the way you planned and your plans feel like they're being changed on you, that God's still on the throne and he's still got a way to, to get his purposes in line in your life? Check this out, Book of Matthew, if you would, real quick. I want you to see Joseph's incredible response. Oh, this is good right here. Get ready. Joseph. See, funny, like Matthew's funny. Matthew doesn't even talk about Mary. He's like, I just want to talk about my man Joseph. He had a hard go. Luke's like, let's talk about Mary. Like, what a crazy act of faith. And Matthew's like, yeah, she had a baby, but think of what Joseph had to do. It's funny that they have different perspectives. Check this out. Verse 18, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Because Joseph was uh, her husband, he was faithful to the law, and yet he didn't want to expose her publicly. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, check this out, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill What the Lord had said through the prophets that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and he'll be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph's like, so am I going to call him Jesus or Emmanuel? Anyway, that was kind of funny. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home to be his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to the son and he gave him the name Jesus. You see here, here, I want you to notice this. See, God blessed Mary in her believing, but God directed Joseph in his dreaming. And this happens not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Four times Joseph was directed in his dreams. He was directed, take Mary as your wife. So he did. And the Bible says he did this so that it would be fulfilled that, that a virgin would conceive. And then the Lord spoke to him again and said, you need to go. We talked about it last week. You need to leave right now and go to Egypt. You just got this money from the Magi. It's going to support you. Get out of here because there's danger coming. And so it says he woke up immediately and he did that so that the message could be fulfilled that out of Egypt, the Messiah would come. And then while he was in Egypt, God said, hey, the one that, that, that was trying to get you is no longer in power. You can go home. And so on their way home, then got, an angel showed up to him again and said, but don't go too close to the king, go to Nazareth. So that it could be fulfilled that the Messiah would come from Nazareth. Here's what I want, the the point I want to make is somehow the prophets for years had been saying, there's going to be a Messiah one day. He'll be called Emmanuel, God with us, born of a virgin. 
And then another prophet said, oh, no, no, the, the Messiah is going to come from Egypt. And then someone else says, the Messiah shall come from Nazareth. And someone else said, the Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem. And, and so if I was the listener, I'm like, one of you is wrong. Like three of you are wrong. Maybe all of you are wrong. How could it be that someone comes from Bethlehem, Egypt, and Nazareth, born of a virgin? Like you lost me at virgin. I, I don't get this whole Christmas story. But because of Joseph's willingness to be directed through his dreams, all of those things were fulfilled. Like, like here's what I want to tell you. Don't stop believing, but don't stop dreaming either. He, this is crazy. Joseph dreamed when he was at rest. And for some of us, when we're in chaos, we just make this choice. I won't rest. Like, I'm just going to be stressed. I'm just going to, like, ponder this over and over. I'm going to think about this over and over. I'm going to stress about this over and over as if our stress is going to bring the answer. But then you got Joseph. He's like, oh, so my, my bride's pregnant with someone else's baby. She says it's God. I'm going to go get a good sleep. And while he's at rest in the midst of chaos, God directs him through his dreams. And, and then, like, Wise men show up, magi, kingmakers show up, and they're gold, frankincense, myrrh. And Joseph's like, whoa, we just came into more finance than we know what to do with. Like, what are we supposed to do with all this money? I know. I'm going to just be at rest. Meaning in, in chaotic times and in times of blessing, Joseph just determined, I'm going to keep resting. And that night while he was at rest, the angel of the Lord directed his dreams, says, go to Egypt. And then they're in Egypt, a place that was uncomfortable, a place that was foreign to them, and God spoke to them and said, go, you can head back to, to Nazareth and make a new life for yourself there. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop dreaming. Don't, don't get so locked into your plans that there's no room for God to speak into them. Probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made in life is going through too long of seasons without including God back into my dreams. Like too long, like, oh, I made a decision five years ago. I'm just going to stick with it instead of allowing God to speak into the micro decisions I'm making today. God will direct you through your dreams. Like, I don't know necessarily, for some that might be physical, actual dreams, like during REM sleep when you go and you wake up, you're like, whoa, it was crazy, this crocodile made out of candy corn was talking to me, and I think it might be God. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But God will speak to you through your dreams, like the passions in your heart, the desires in your heart, which can change, and it's okay when they change. In fact, the Bible says this, if you seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, then God will give you the desires of your heart, meaning he will actually shift those desires in your heart and will direct you through your dreams. Imagine if Joseph just says no. If as he's dreaming, he's like, no, I can't do it too, too hard. I don't know how that Christmas story goes. I have no idea. Imagine if they're, they're there and the Magi come and God's like, go to Egypt. He's like, no. No, we've, we had a life for ourselves here in Bethlehem, not doing it, not changing plans. I made a good plan. I made lists around my plan. I made timelines around my plan. God, you cannot change my dreams. Let's just be the type of people who say, God, you can direct my dreams. You can change my, my, my career path. Man, you can change, change my plans. I, I thought I had a timeline, married at this age, babies at this age, retired at this age. But God, you can change my dreams. You can, you can shift. I, I just want to be be obedient to you. What I love about Joseph is each of those times it says, then he woke up and did it. Man, action is associated with dreams. It's a good thing. Third character. Third character. Going to be quick with this. Third character is the shepherds. The lowly shepherds. Like the shepherds, that's the part you didn't want to get when you tried out for the school play. That's the part you didn't want. You're like, shepherds, I got to wear a robe. It's just, no. Shepherds don't get any lines. And like, I, like at least the sheep get a cool costume. It's like the shepherds. And probably the same type of opinion we might have of shepherds, the entire community would have had about shepherds. 
The Bible says they were shepherds in Bethlehem, which was not too significant of a city, and they were night shift shepherds. They were like the they were like the graveyard shift shepherds. Like we're talking about socially not very adjusted. Shepherds were on a list of, of employ, uh, employments that was considered the worst seven jobs in society. It's like written in a in, in like a Jewish text. Like these are seven jobs you'd never want to have. One of them is a shepherd. It just wasn't a great job. And they're night shift shepherds, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then the angels come. You remember the remember the story? And the angels come and they they represent to the shepherds that there's good news of great joy for all people, which in and of itself is the Christmas story. Good news, and that news brings great joy, and that great joy that comes from the good news is for everybody. This inclusive message, how cool it is that God chose to bring a message of his inclusive love to the least likely people. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, that's why God chose me. Because I'm probably the least likely to. Like, like when you're feeling down on yourself, you don't need to disqualify yourself because God spoke, his, like the first announcement of his birth came to shepherds, the least likely people that he could speak to. And then the, the, the sky is full of angels. Suddenly a heavenly host of the angels appeared to God, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then they were gone. And they, they said, well, let's go find this baby. They said, this will be the sign to you. You find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. They're like, sorry, it's late tonight. I thought you just said manger. No baby's ever laid in a manger. That's a trough for food for animals. Like, what are you, and they're like, that's how you're going to know. Like sometimes when God gives us a sign, it's that blatant. It's that unexpected. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And so then they, they went and searched. Like, how hard can it be? Let's check out some mangers. And if we don't find a baby, then we all just ate some, you know, some bad meat tonight. I don't know. We all had bad pizza and we had a weird dream. But then they find the baby. It says they're filled with joy and they go into the city telling everyone all they had seen and heard and everyone who heard it was amazed. See, this is what I want you to catch, the third supporting role of this Christmas story. And there's others. They're all good. This third thing is that God empowers the unexpected and unexpectant shepherds. No one would have expected God to empower shepherds, not even the shepherds themselves. They were unexpected by others, and even within themselves were unexpected. Like it was just a normal night on the hillsides of Bethlehem, keeping watch over the sheep at night. What are sheep doing at night? Sleeping. Like they were sitting in a field watching sleeping sheep. This is a really mundane, boring job. They were unexpected, and they were unexpected, and yet those are the people God chose to empower as the first evangelists the first people to bring the message of hope, good news that brings great joy to all people. In your life right now, I just want you to know you are not too far gone for God to use you. You are not too insignificant for God to empower you. Your your particular personality makeup or gift mix is not so disqualified that God couldn't use you if, if, if you think lowly of yourself or unexpected about yourself, you need to know you're exactly the type of person that God will use. Like, I'm exactly the type of person. I, I could list you. Imagine if right now I'm like, here are the reasons God should not use me. And we listed all the reasons. There would be a long. We'd have multiple slides. There's a lot of reasons God shouldn't use me. There's a lot of, of, of things that would disqualify me or make me incapable. And yet God, by his grace, he just chooses to use people. And sometimes we look at someone else like, well, if I was God, I'd call them. But guess what? You're not God. You're not God. He, he's using simple people. The, the message of Christmas is a simple message. Peace on earth 
goodwill towards mankind. God loves you. He's not mad at you. And he didn't choose to bring that through the hierarchy of the, of the, of the governmental system of the time and he you know, appeared to the king and let the king disseminate the message down. He started right at the bottom and said, we're going to start from the bottom and we're going we're to spread this message to the world. So whatever you're expecting in your life right now, just know God can use you. I'm going to close with this story today. A couple years ago, a handful of years ago now, I was, uh, I was in Guatemala and I was there with a missions team and we were... We were uh, going into high schools, talking to high school students about, uh, about self-esteem, talking to high school students about, about uh, bullying, different topics, and really with a platform and a desire that we were hoping to, to share the gospel, to share the message of Jesus, goodwill that brings great joy to all people. And uh, so we had a band there, and, uh, and we had recorded Spanish CDs so that we could give away gifts. And we had like TV slots planned where we would go play music on TV. And, uh, and we had all these things planned. And so we showed up, team of tired people. And, uh, and we were told every day, every night, there's stuff planned. Like we're going we're gonna to really use you while you're here. And that's for me like a missions trip that I like. Uh, like we're going to be here. Let's be useful. And so we got there. And then the first night we're there, everyone's tired and they say, hey, we were going to do something today, but it got canceled, and so there's just nothing happening today, but, but we thought we'd take you to a soccer game. And, uh, you know, there's kind of two thoughts. I love, I love live sporting events. Like, I think it's great. But inside, I'm like, but I got all these people here, and we came to be useful, and we came to be busy, and we came to, like, do something, and we came with expectation, and, and now we're just going to go watch a soccer game, two teams we've never heard of that we don't care about. And they're like, like, okay, so we went to this soccer game. And at the soccer game, you know, it was, it was fun. It's a soccer game in any place in the world other than Canada and the United States is an awesome place to be. <coughs> Canada and the U.S. is like the greatest sporting atmosphere in the city, but it's not really, but you know what I mean. And, uh, but you go other places, man, it's rowdy. There was people with like, like uh, flares, like shooting flares at each other. There's people like throwing things on. Like it was pretty awesome. In the two ends, like right behind each, each goal, this was happening. I'm going to ask the team to come back or I'm just going to tell this story forever. And, uh, and so there was like people throwing things and chanting. But we were sitting in the side seats and there was just not much action in the side seats. Side seats, there was people eating salted mangoes and just kind of watching and cheering. And the people who had brought us and said, what team are we cheering for? Like we're cheering for the, the red team. And, and I just looked around, and I'm like, I just can't help but notice that everyone here is cheering for the yellow team. Like, I get that you like the red team, but it seems like we're in a, like a yellow team type place. And I came to make friends. Like I, I, I came to, to, to meet some people. And so I, I left the group I was with. I went and stood in the stands with some people. I don't know any Spanish. We had someone on the team who had lived in Mexico. I'm like, tell me some things to say. So they're calling up things, and I'm saying them to my friends, I'm probably swearing at them, you know, which were, like, <laughs> but they seem to like it. And we're, we're shouting out things. I'm learning chants. We're shouting out chants. And, 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 and I'm just getting more and more into this. Then, then at like halftime, the, the halftime goes, and, and people run out onto the field with these big flags, and they start waving these big flags with advertisements on them. And it would be... Like typical that the, the cameras would just focus on those advertisements and then that's how they play advertisements in like tier two soccer in Guatemala City. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stop just because it's halftime. I'm here to make some friends. I'm here to have fun. And so I came down to the front of the stands. I now had like a posse of Guatemalan soccer fans who were my, my boys. 
And we started getting cheers going. And then I started doing the wave. And I was running back and forth, like doing the wave. I'm like, tell me things I'm supposed to be saying. I was probably swearing at all of them. And I don't know. But, but we had the whole wave going. And we, we were like, it was rowdy. I had my T-shirt off. I'm waving it above my head. I'm like, I came here to be busy. I don't get to be busy, but I'm at least going to do something. And then I got a phone call. The halftime came to an end. I got a phone call, and, and it was our, our host for the, the place we are. They're like, hey, Pastor Justin, how's it going? I said, oh, I'm having a great time. Salted mangoes. I'm making friends. Like, yeah, and you're wearing a blue T-shirt. At least you were wearing a blue T-shirt. I'm like, yeah, I was before I took it off and waved it around my head. They're like, yeah, we know because we've been watching you on national TV the whole halftime. And I said, what do you mean you have like, well, well, typically they look at these advertisements in the middle of the, the stage, but you were making such a scene that the cameras were just on you the whole time. And, and then the, the TV announcers were like, why is this gringo in the stands with his shirt off? And so he inquired and they asked why. And they, they told the whole message of why you guys are here from Canada to, to Guatemala. And now, like, we're booked up every day. Like, we're in schools every day, and we're, uh, we're doing, like, things every day because, because we keep getting phone calls now about this team from Canada that's coming to talk to high school students. And for the remainder of our trip, every day we were there. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Every day we were there. I had people come up like, oh, you're the guy. Can we get a picture? I'm like, I don't know Spanish. What are you saying? What are they saying? Like, oh, they're saying you're the guy that was crazy at the soccer game. And it was crazy. The doors got open from just being stupid, to be honest. Why did I do it? Because I like sports. And it was crazy that God can use the unexpected moments to do more than all of our plans, more than all of our preparations. I'm like frustrated that my plans didn't go the way I wanted. So I'm, I'm there just making the most of a bad situation and God used that to open the doors. Could it be possible that in the midst of you just making the most of a bad situation, God is going to empower you and open doors for you and give you a platform that you didn't expect? And like while you're waiting in a waiting room somewhere to get a result that you don't even want to hear, God will use that moment. And while someone you're supposed to meet with is late, and so you're frustrated because they're late and you're supposed to be meeting, if we could just lift up our eyes and look around us, maybe there's someone in that moment that God could empower us to speak into. I don't know, but like we are not the main character of Jesus' story, but there's no unimportant role. There's no small role. I'm happy to be a supporting cast. God can bless your believing. God can direct through your dreaming. God can empower you even when you are unexpected and unexpected, so don't stop believing. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for every person in the room today. I ask that you would empower us as we step forward to be the type of people you've called us to be as individuals, as leaders in this community, as students, as business people, as parents, as children, roommates, siblings, as we work a job we're not too excited about or try to finish up a, a degree we no longer plan to use or we're searching out a job to try to figure out what the next season looks like. I pray for this room that we'd be a group of people who keep believing, a group of people who keep on dreaming, a group of people who are, are not intimidated or disqualified by the unexpectedness of us ever being useful to you. We just keep on trusting and hoping. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.